Let me tell you about Fred. Fred is a student I had, and let me tell you his story of the journey into self-storage. Fred's not his real name, but I'm going to tell you one of my students' stories anyway. My name's Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage, and I'm the creator of those self, the Quick Start Academy Boot Camp. We're having our next live virtual boot camp, November 11th and 12th. You can find out more about it at creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com. This is the premier training I offer that's designed to take you from wherever you are all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility into service. It has the four-phase strategy that I and all the students use, including the story I'm going to tell you today about one of the students. If you've ever felt like you needed some support in getting in the self-storage industry, this live virtual boot camp, it's a Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th might just be it for you. If you happen to have purchased the on-demand self-storage boot camp, you'll receive an email from me, but feel free to, to join. We hope you'll join us in this live virtual boot camp. I want to tell you a story this in the next couple episodes. I'm, uh, next week we're going to have an interview with, uh, with some students that partnered up together. But let me tell you the story about Fred. Fred, when I first met him, he was a salesman, salesperson, earning a good salary, three to 500000 a year in W-2 income. He uh, soon he was married, and soon after we started working together, he had his first child. Now, when we first started working, Fred's goal was to replace his W-2 income with income from self-storage. His other goal was to double his net worth every five years. He realized he could not really do that with a job, even though he's making good money, he could not create some significant wealth while he's working. He had purchased some apartments, but for him, he found that he wasn't able to generate enough wealth fast enough just buying apartments. So he started building some some fourplexes and apartments, and found that was better. He was making more money and could make it quicker by doing construction, taking the risk and building, but it wasn't big enough for him. And he thought that storage would be the asset class to get, to get in. And when we first started working, his main goals were to be able to replace his W-2 income, which was made me a little concerned because it's pretty significant income and I'm coaching him on how to do it, as well as double his net worth every five years. So we started working how I work with many people. We started looking at how to analyze. We looked at it, some existing self-storage, expansions, existing, and we quickly determined that wasn't for him. It wasn't fast enough, wasn't big enough, wasn't for the, for the, it wasn't, it would take too long to forward him towards replacing that income. So we started looking at land to build on and he 
been involved in construction before, and we started looking for conversion opportunities. And boy, did he find a doozy. He found a 55,000 square foot building on, I think it was 19 acres of land. And uh, he found it, made a run at it, wasn't able to get it, and I think somebody died in, in, the, in the ownership. And very quickly, they reached back out to him and he was able to negotiate a deal and get that property standing still. And Fred's a heavily regulated uh, municipality, a uh, lot of regulations to go through. And his neighbors were, uh, there were some pretty big houses surrounding the place and his neighbors put up quite a stink. It, he worked through all of the issues in the due diligence. I was very impressed with him, just methodically, issue by issue, he dealt with it as it came up. But the thing was, it just took longer than he thought. And it was a bigger project than he wanted. But the good news is he had a family member that was in, had sold an apartment complex, was in a 1031, and he was able to structure an ownership whereby that 1031 money could come into this deal. He was still the managing member and basically ran the project. Fred was not someone who wanted partners or he wanted to be able to make the decisions and move quickly. The family member afforded this. Not every person I work with could have family members as partners, but this family, it worked out well. So Fred was able, after an extended period of time, to get the entitlements, and he started, he was gonna develop it in two phases. Um, not all of the 19 acres was usable, but he was going to develop it in two phases. First of all, uh, the 55,000 square foot warehouse was going to be converted to approximately 35, 36,000 square feet of climate control self-storage. And then he was going to add non-climate and parking. He was going to do the non-climate and the parking in two different phases. So he finally got the approvals, went under construction, I've never seen this happen in any other market, but by the time he started renting, and again, it took longer than we anticipated because of the construction time and the approval time, but from the time he underwrote that deal to the time he started leasing, the rates in that market dropped about 40%. The rental rates dropped about 40%. He's in a market where one of the major REITs owns a significant share of the market. And as the rent and as more development was going on, that REIT just dropped the rates, trying to discourage development. Uh, Fred was already so far into the deal, he couldn't stop it. But we noticed there was a lot of projects coming on behind him. I can remember him actually going and meeting some of the people who'd been approved for projects. He's sitting down with his data showing that rental rates had dropped 40%. Here's how much square footage is flooding the market. And the people he was talking to said, yeah, we realize it's probably gonna be a good deal, but we're gonna go ahead and do it anyway because what was driving them was doing transactions, not the returns that those, that those transactions would necessarily generate. But regardless, 
Fred was in a pickle. He he was he was built and he was leasing up. Rental rates had dropped. So what did he do? He leased the hell out of that project. Uh, he has done the he did the best. He went head head to head online marketing with one of the bigger REITs out there and just beat them. He got better. Uh, uh, cost per click. He had he showed up better than the than the major REIT, and he rented the heck out of that building. Fortunately, with the 1031 money, he didn't have as high a debt load as most projects may have, but he was very aggressive in his online marketing, very aggressive in his rental rates, and he just got that place leased up. And then once you're leased up, you can slowly begin to generate the rates. He never got it back up to what he'd underwritten it in, but he was profitable. He got profitable on that deal real quick because he learned how to do the online marketing. Well, uh, in the meantime, the same family member sold another piece of real estate and they ended up doing another conversion in the same market. But something interesting I noticed about Fred, as this thing started moving towards stabilization, he there was more and more conversation about selling it. What I realized about him is running a stabilized self-storage facility occurred very boring to him. His goal was to double his net worth. And with rental rates being dropped, the good news is he also had low cap rates as well. So Fred made this strategic decision and he had to talk his family member into this, but the strategic decision was, let's build out phase two, and in the second it's built out, we're, all, we're, in the, we're already on the market, let's sell this thing. And we'll leave a little bit of upside for the new owner. And with, even though the rental rates had been compressed, the cap rates were also compressed too. So within three years in a project where the rental rates had dropped 40%, Fred doubled his money. And 1031 then exchanged that and he's doing a couple other new construction projects in a different market. The second project, they're, they're gonna be bringing it to the market soon. Same thing, built it out in two phases. By the time the second phase is done, and lease up has started and they got a little bit of momentum of lease up on phase two, it hits the market. Now that's not everybody's strategy. Some people are building assets to hold them and get the passive cash flow. At this stage of Fred's life, that is not what he's about. Fred's about doubling his net worth every five years and he's actually succeed, did it with the first one in three years, the second project he did in four years. And now he's Doubled, he's got two huge projects going on right now. He actually was able to get in three projects in different market in a different market, and he's on the road to do the same thing. Now, when I first met him four, four and a half years ago, he was trying to get out of his W-2 income. He did that in one year. He replaced it with fees from development, management, and cash flow. And his goal was to double his net worth 
every five years, and he beat that, at least so far he's beat that, and he's on track to beat it again. And he did it in a market where I've never seen the rental rates drop like that. Now, does that mean that everybody can do that? No, Fred was willing to take action. Fred was willing to take action even though he didn't necessarily know what the outcome was going to be or exactly how he was going to get it, but he was willing to move. He was willing to take some risk. He calculated what the downside is and put strategies in place to cover his downside, knowing when he would exit a deal, but it worked for him. Now, Fred's strategies different than most people's strategies are that I work with. Most people are in it to create, you know, create net worth, but more importantly, to create ongoing income. I don't want to call it passive income, but steady income. At this stage of the game, that's not Fred's game. Fred's playing a different game. But here's what's interesting. Every day he gets up and he goes out and he plays the game of storage and he plays a game that he created. And for the most part, he created the rules for that game too. And he gets to play in a game that he created by the rules he set, like what's a win, what's not a win. And he is more alive today than he ever has been. And he's doubled his net worth. So storage, I hope this inspires you. If you're new on your journey, there is a niche in the world of storage for all of us. My goal is to help certain people who are interested find out what their niche is and then support them in getting it. Next week, you'll see an interview of two people who actually met in a boot camp, but who ended up partnering together and I think you'll be amazed at what they've created in a short period of time too. Now this doesn't mean all of us are going to do it, but I want to inspire you and show you what's possible in this fantastic world of self-storage for small investors. One thing that all of us use is in this world that I'm talking about with these people I'm talking about is storage world analyzer. We use the analyze, we use Excel, but we also use the storage world analyzer to analyze the storage opportunities. You can find out more about the storage world analyzer at creating wealth through self storage.com or just go straight to storage world analyzer. I hope this has inspired you and shown you kind of a different path that, that might be of interest to you in this world of self-storage. And I look forward to being with you next week as we talk to two more people who've carved out a different game in a different path in this world of self-storage. I'll see you then.